Right, what on earth are we on? Episode 11. Episode 11. Okay, well, welcome back, everybody, to our Heaven series podcast where we are exploring what heaven will be like and uh, how our hope can be in heaven. And actually, from this podcast onwards, we're shifting our focus to asking maybe the all-important question or the question many of us have had at some point. If heaven is real, how do I get there? And I'm joined by Chris. Hello, Chris. Hi, really looking forward to this week. Uh, this is going to be a great set of uh, of podcasts thinking about this whole question of, yeah, how do I get to heaven? Is it just about being good? Uh, is it about something working hard? What's it going to be about? So I can't wait to unpack this, this these few days. Yeah, what do you think people's most common response to that question would be if you went out on the streets of Andover and said, how do you get to heaven what do you think people would say? I think it's the good thing. I think yeah. it's about being a good person. Yeah. And Becky, you know, these these podcasts have been going along with the Sunday uh, sermon series that we've been doing. And uh, in the sermon I've done on this subject um, uh, that links in with this, that's a key question that I've tried to answer. And that is how good is good enough? Uh, if If getting to heaven is about being good, then who is the arbiter of what's good and what's not and whether I've been good enough or not good mm. enough? So for me, I think if people are thinking about heaven, I think there's a lot of people who aren't thinking about that. Or Well, I think there's a lot of people who talk, you know, we talked about this before, and our culture talk about heaven a lot, but not really put a lot of thought into it. So I think I think if you, if you ask people who... who weren't apathetic about this question who genuinely kind of thought yeah yeah I think there there is a heaven and you said well okay how how are you going to get there how does anybody get there I think most people would talk about in some way shape or form it's about being good it's about what we do it's about mm. how we've treated people or whatever do you, does that make sense do you think yeah. would you agree yeah, with that definitely, that's definitely. the big thing yeah yeah, yeah it okay. seems to be the most common response isn't it so yeah we're going to unpack this question and see if there's a bit more to it than that or whether that's even right is yes. it even right yeah, yeah, yeah. getting to heaven means to being good and we are looking at uh, one of my favourite stories from the really? life of Jesus actually today because it's one I've talked about a lot in in um, church leadership stuff that I've been involved in because I think for Christians actually this story gives us some marching orders about what we're supposed to be prioritising and I think for churches it gives us some um, marching orders about what, what churches are supposed to be uh, thinking about and what our primary purpose is and what maybe our mission is and that kind of stuff so uh, i'm really glad that you picked this um story for today to launch us into this week and um yeah i think it's hard for us to understate how profound an encounter this was in the culture and context of jesus's day and how shocking it was the way jesus behaves in this story so have we teased wow, it enough I'm intrigued. Do you think? yeah i'm very intrigued <laughs> okay so you're gonna read it from us uh, for us yeah uh, from luke chapter 19 so luke's account of the life of jesus yes okay so um this is so jesus has um he's received quite a warm welcome so far in the story leading up to this a, a lot of crowds are gathering around to hear more about him and to hear some of his teaching and um, Jesus has been performing miracles as well so a lot of people are beginning to really kind of press in around him to try and uh, reach out touch him ask him for a healing ask him for prayer and uh, we're about to dive into this story where Jesus finds himself yet again in entering a new place and surrounded by many crowds and an interaction that he has with somebody as that happens so this is Luke 19. 
And it says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was very wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've ever cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay them back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Wow. Yeah, great story. I love this. So shall we unpack some of the things that are going on there in that story, Chris? Yeah. So yeah, so again, we're going to ask ourselves the same sorts of questions we've been asking all the way through, starting with what's the context of this? Well, you've set the scene for us, uh, Becky, already, lots of crowds of people, all that kind of stuff. We've got a short tax collector, we're told here. So uh, he can't uh, see over the tops of the crowds. He was a chief tax collector, which meant mm. he wasn't just a tax collector, he was the chief. And I guess tax collecting in these days was a little bit like a Ponzi scheme, right? So so uh, everybody gave money to everybody else up the chain until you got to the chief tax. So tax collectors were allowed to collect more than the Roman authorities wanted in tax. So they could keep, that's how they kind of paid mm. themselves. And then the, the tax collectors, the underling tax collectors would pay a bit to the people above them and, and so on and so forth. And you got to the chief tax collector. Here's somebody who's very wealthy, but has all his wealth really has been generated off the backs of people who are working and not just paying the taxes that the Romans are requiring, but mm. paying Zacchaeus and his uh, crew of tax collectors what they think they should get. So Zacchaeus would have been resented for that hugely. Not only was he working for the uh, authorities who were... Um, uh, persecuting or had taken over uh, the land so they would have been the authorities would have been resented the roman authorities he's not only working for them but he's also then taking a lot of money off of people so he would have been hated uh, really in his community i th always think this brings a smile to my face if 2000 years after this had this has taken place we're reading this of all the people who could have been remembered in jericho that day zacchaeus is the one that uh, still gets talked about 2000 years later if you'd said that to the people in Jericho, they would have been absolutely horrified yeah. that Zacchaeus was still the one we were talking about. So, and then this amazing encounter happens where of all the people Jesus could have picked, he picks Zacchaeus to have a conversation yeah. with. Yeah, and that's really the last person he should have picked out of that crowd, yeah, right? Absolutely. Not only because of his job, but also because he's tiny. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And and I, one of the things I think is interesting about this is we talked about this, was it, I can't remember which day it was, but we talked about that encounter Jesus had with a rich young ruler, which happens just before this. And again, there's just an interesting contrast here that's painted for us. The rich young ruler goes away sad because he can't do what Jesus is asking him to do, or he doesn't feel he can. Uh, and yet he's a righteous man. We're told that rich, if people remember the story, that rich young ruler, he, righteous, he's living by all the right religious laws and all that mm. kind of stuff. But his heart 
is not in the right place. He, he, his heart is given over to money and material wealth and all that kind of stuff. So then we have this encounter with Zacchaeus and we get this contrast that Zacchaeus has is not a righteous figure at all. Um, and yet he has this heart transformation as a result of meeting Jesus. Which he says, okay, I've now seen there's something way more important than my money. So I'm prepared to give a whole load of it away and all of that kind of stuff, pay everybody back because of this encounter I've had with jesus so that seems a, a, it, it's a great contrast i think in those two stories and then jesus gives this kind of wrap up to what's happened he says today salvation mm. has come to this house because this man too is a son of abraham for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost so shall we just walk through what jesus is saying there i think that's a great idea yeah so today salvation has come to this house how do you interpret that chris yeah so so um uh, salvation is a word we often use i, I guess around christian uh, kind of circles rescue uh, mm. you might say so um, I guess probably um, uh, whether we're a person of faith or not, we I suspect would all acknowledge that uh, there are some things we need rescuing from, some of the choices that we make or the uh, things that we don't do that we should, you know, uh, all of that sort of stuff. And Jesus offers rescue, offers salvation, offers to save us from ourselves, from the stuff that we do that would uh, separate us from God in that kind of stuff. And that's the same thing that's happening here. So today, rescue, salvation, setting somebody on a new uh, path, um, all of that has come to uh, Zacchaeus. Yeah. And then Jesus says, this man too is a son of Abraham. So mm. by that, he's saying he's a son, a child of the promise. And the Abraham was kind of the the person that the Jewish faith begins with. He is the person that God comes to and establishes this promise with in the Old Testament part of the Bible, that he will um, build a people out of Abraham's descendants and that they will be chosen by God and they will be, um, God will establish a covenant with them. And a covenant is like a binding promise that means that God will always uh, be their God. He'll always protect them. He will always be on their side. And, um, Jewish people would think of themselves as children of Abraham, mm -hmm. children of that promise. And and Jesus is affirming to Zacchaeus, who, who had in his previous life turned his back on his people by becoming a tax collector, by working for the enemy. Jesus says, no, this man is a son of Abraham. I'm counting him as, as part yeah. of all that God has promised to people. And I think that's one of the big shocks in what Jesus, how Jesus treats Zacchaeus. Of all the, again, I think perhaps we, we don't want to miss the significance of that language that Jesus chooses to use there. Because he said, he could have said, today salvation has come to this house because I've rescued this guy or because his life is now on a new path. But he chooses this, I think, quite provocative language there to say, particularly to, to people of, of the Jewish faith, who would have been all over the place in Jericho and in that crowd and all that kind of stuff, he is one of you. Because of, of the rescue uh, that I'm offering, he is now um, a son of Abraham. He is uh, a child of God in the way they would have all considered themselves children of God. And again, I, it, it, I'm not sure I'm getting across the kind of what I, I'm trying to feeling inside about this, which is this was, it was scandalous that Jesus would have to all those other people that this man Zacchaeus, who they would have considered to have been completely lost to the possibility of a relationship with God, is is now and i just think it's fascinating that jesus would use that language yeah 
And there's that final phrase, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. So the son of man, that's this title that Jesus would often use to refer to himself. And it's bringing language out of a book in the Old Testament again called Daniel, where there are visions of this king of God who would establish God's rule and reign in the world. And we've talked a bit about that in that pod, in this podcast already. So that's the title Jesus would pull out of the Old Testament to um, help people to grasp who Jesus was and what he was doing. And then he, it says he came to seek and to save the lost. I know you're quite passionate about this this final mm. sentence here, Chris. Do you want to just unpack for us what Jesus is saying there? Yeah, well, I think he's telling everybody who was there, this is why I'm here. You know, we talked um, on day 10, so the last day of this podcast, we, we talked about purpose, living with purpose, living with the end in mind. Jesus is saying here, I, I think in no uncertain terms, this is my purpose. I am the son of man. That was a title he gave to himself. And I've come to seek and to save the lost. Uh, I've come for people like Zacchaeus, whose lives need turning around, who need a relationship with God and all that. And, and, uh, I think again, if we, if if we were honest with ourselves, most of us would say, "Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm lost sometimes. I get lost in my own selfishness, or I get lost in a lack of purpose, or I get lost in um, and the things that I mess up, or I get lost in the hurt I sometimes cause other people, however unintentionally. I, you know, I'm lost in 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 different ways." And hear Jesus say, "Yeah, you're exactly the kind of people that I've I've come," uh, and I think. Jesus is just saying, these are my marching orders. This is my purpose. And I think that's uh, an extraordinary thing to have laid out that clearly um, that day to all of those people. And I think then if we're followers of Jesus, it seems entirely logical to me that these would be our marching orders uh, to follow his example of doing all we can to uh, seek and save the lost for the sake of, of Jesus. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I do. I, I think it's a really, really important uh, story. And that's a really important verse. Yeah, And it's such an essential verse for any of us who um, maybe are still figuring out who Jesus is or carry baggage from previous church experiences, previous introductions to Christianity that have told us that it's about uh, being good, looking holy, um, and that those are the people that Jesus favours and those are the people who Jesus is ready to receive. And you've got to clean your act up before you um, can access anything that, that Jesus has to offer. And this is at the heart of who Jesus is and his posture towards people, isn't it? That he yeah. came to seek and to save those who are lost. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we asked this question, what's the context? We've talked about that. And then we ask the question, what's the point? Why Why was this story recorded? Why are we still reading about Zacchaeus today? And what's the point of what Jesus was doing here as well? Yeah. Um, do you want to start with that, Chris? Yeah, well, for me, there's, 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 there's a twofold thing here. Number one uh, is for us, like personally, in, individually, if you feel lost, if you've ever felt lost, uh, if you have ever felt like, like God couldn't possibly love you, uh, God couldn't possibly be for you. You're not worthy of that. Uh, you've messed up in your life. How could God possibly want me? Well, this story speaks into all of that, I think, because, um, you know, Zacchaeus 
was the kind of the most lost of the lost, <laughs> if mm. you like, and the most potentially, by the world's eyes, the most unworthy person. And that's why it was so scandalous that of all the people in Jericho, Jesus goes to him. And that should tell us something about Jesus. It should tell us something about the Christian faith. Uh, and it should speak uh, uh, to us. I hope it speaks to us about um, our worth and value uh, to God, so I, th I think that's number one. Yeah, uh, that's the that's the point. And number two, uh, I think I've alluded to it already, so I won't say too much more about that. But if this was Jesus's purpose, then it should be the Jesus followers' purpose yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, I think um, to me the the reason that that Luke, the guy who wrote this, and um, Luke was a, a doctor and he compiled he he. Uh, interviewed lots of eyewitnesses it seems in order to put together his account of Jesus's yeah. life and um, some people uh, speculate about the different people he might have drawn uh, his accounts from many people think that a lot of Luke's witnesses were women in fact because right. there's a strong yeah. uh, emphasis on the stories of women in Luke's gospel which is just a cool fact to throw in there yeah. um, but uh, the, the reason I think that that Luke structures the story in this way and that he uh, told this story about Jesus and the thing I think when I read this he's emphasizing in how he portrays the story is that Jesus offers an opportunity for us to turn around and start a new life from today and there's a lot of emphasis in the way the story you know he came down uh Jesus comes up to the tree where Zacchaeus is hiding and he says Zacchaeus come down immediately come down right now I'm staying at your house today and it talks about Zacchaeus coming down and on that day he says do you know what I'm going to turn my life around mm. and I'm going to go in a new direction from now and I think that is um and, and Jesus wrapping it up with today today mm. salvation mm -hmm. has come to this house today not okay we're on the road towards salvation now it's today salvation has come to this house. And to me, that emphasis is, it just speaks so much hope to me. It speaks so much hope to anybody, I think, that Jesus offers an opportunity for us to go in a new direction from this moment yeah. in our lives. That's really good. And that resonates, actually, when you were saying that, I was thinking, oh, and again, uh, whichever day it was, I, I can't remember, but I think in the first few days of this podcast, we talked about Jesus' response to the criminal on the cross yeah. next to him. Today, you will be with me in paradise. There's a kind of an urgency to that, isn't there? That, that yeah, today, I hadn't thought about that, but that's great. Yeah. Mm. And, and leading into that kind of what's the difference question that we're asking on this podcast, what difference does this make to, to our lives, to how we understand God, to how we think about heaven? I, I think what that means is that the difference that that makes is we haven't got to earn our mm. way back into God's good books, that we don't have to pay off a bad reputation in order to get on the road to heaven. And that's, it kind of is insulting and flies in the face and it would have been so jarring for the people watching that. Hang on, Jesus, don't you know all the things Zacchaeus has done? Are you really gonna let him back into your good books today? Yeah. Like fair enough, maybe in a couple of years where he's paid off all of his debts. But the fact that it's so instantaneous that the minute Zacchaeus decides, yeah, I'm gonna go a different route now, Jesus says, yeah, you're welcome with me. You're, yeah. I'm accepting you back right now. Yes. And the difference that that makes to us and to how we approach Jesus, how many of us think that we've got to grovel our way mm. towards Jesus, mm. especially if we feel like we've done wrong in yes. our lives or we've been told that we're too 
wrong yes. for Jesus or whatever. Yes. But this yeah. passage makes absolutely explicit you've not got to earn your way back into God's good books. Yes. I mean, God yeah. doesn't have good books, but yeah. you haven't got to earn your way back into his favour. Yes, yeah. And then I love, too, that that there's this today, salvation's come, mm. and today Zacchaeus's life starts changing. Yeah. Um, so he's he's had this encounter with Jesus, salvation has come, and his heart is is changed, and it starts from that very outset. And for Zacchaeus, and this might not be true for everybody, for Zacchaeus, the heart change that Jesus is bringing in t- into his life straight away is to do with this compassion, care for, giving back to to other people. That's the kind of the transformation that immediately begins happening in Zacchaeus's life. But, you know, in other people's lives, it might be a different thing. It might be, you know, something else that begins that transformation. But again, that journey of transformation begin, begins from that very day in the life of uh, Zacchaeus. And, and a, an encounter with Jesus begins to transform our hearts. And I think that's uh, very clear to see from this yeah and you get to start that journey with jesus and go through that with him i remember seeing a a, just a short clip online of a guy who was um uh, talking about this kind of idea about uh, us feeling like we need to sort ourselves out before we come Mm. to jesus and actually the process of transformation we go on with him and he was telling a story of somebody who had asked him at a conference um oh i i want to follow jesus but do i have to give up smoking pot before I follow Jesus and he'd said he turned around back to him with a question and he said well do you get clean before you go in the shower he said no of course not like I go in the shower to get clean and he said it's the same with Jesus come to him and he'll help you get sorted out in the rest of your areas of your life don't you don't clean up your act before you come to the person who can rescue you yeah that's that's good isn't it and I, and I think about those friends of of Jesus those disciples that we talk about who w- became followers of Jesus and many mm. of them had that very dramatic kind of follow me encounter with Jesus they started following of Jesus but you know they, they had a lot to, to to work out but that didn't stop them from being able to follow Jesus and they messed up and they denied even knowing him you know all of that sort of stuff but that that wasn't they didn't have to get all that sorted before that jesus said no come on follow me and then we'll kind of figure out the rest as we go on and and i think that's i I love that idea yeah um uh, and i think we miss that sometimes yeah um so Yeah. yeah yeah So we've probably talked quite a lot about the the difference that this makes, uh, haven't we? So we then come on to the tweet. What's yes. our tweet for today? Have you yeah. have you managed to summarise this so into a tweet? Do you I think? thought quite a lot about this one, and I think I've landed on one that I I feel like gets to the heart of what excites me about this story. So here we go. See what you think, Chris. When it comes to getting to heaven, the one day you say yes to Jesus is worth more than a thousand days saying no. Mm. say that again i'm gonna have to think about that when it comes to getting to heaven the one day you say yes to jesus is worth more than a thousand days saying no yeah yeah i think that shows zacchaeus's story he's had who knows how long he's been saying no to god's will and god's way for before the moment when jesus arrives at his tree (laughs) Yeah. yeah and that the minute he says okay yeah i'm in now I'm following you. That's that's enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. And you could 
exactly the same true of that guy on the cross next yes, to Jesus. That's right. How many days of his life that he is he said no to God and yeah. acted in you know he's not there by accident, right? Yeah. He's he's acted in ways that have led down that road for him. Yeah. Uh, but in that one moment on the cross, he recognizes Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus says, yep, you're in. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, yeah great. I'm not going to add to that. I think that's brilliant. So I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm in for that tweet. Cool. So what what about the what's next then? What's? Yeah, well, I again, I think I'm going to keep coming back to, if it's okay, I'm going to keep coming back to the two key things I think are going on in this story. So number one, if you have had thousands of days of saying no, don't let that stop you. And even today being the day where you might say yes to Jesus. So um, he's come, he came to seek and to save the lost. That's you and that's me. Uh, and that may be people listening to this today who are feeling that way and have maybe uh, either consciously or subconsciously said no to Jesus for a long time. And today's the day to say yes uh, and to understand that He's not expecting anything. He's not requiring anything of you just to say yes is the beginning of that journey. So for me, that's number one. Number two, if you're a person of faith, if you're part of Andover Baptist Church, if you're part of your local church, then the challenge to, to us, I think, is if this was Jesus's mission, it should be our mission. What are we going to do today to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our world today to reach out with God's love so that those who are lost might be uh, given the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And a huge part of that is that people don't feel they need to earn their place mm. with us, Yeah, I think. Yeah. That's one big thing that really like sticks with me from looking at the way Jesus interacts with Zacchaeus in this, is if I'm going to follow Jesus and be like that, then I shouldn't set myself up so that anybody has to earn their mm place into being good with me being okay with me and me welcoming them yes mm. yeah yeah definitely I, I i yeah introducing people to jesus mm. and then worrying about the rest later yeah. seems to me to be a really good way to to live in, yeah. in church church life mm. brilliant i'm inspired right love that story thank you for for uh, leading us into that one today it's been been brilliant and i hope it's been helpful and inspiring to everybody who's been listening to us today absolutely and uh we'd catch up with you in the next episode of this podcast Can't wait. Yeah. so i did notice one thing there yeah. i hope that's it. so when you were about to read the passage you said matthew 19 oh did i yes so i don't know whether you can just edit that or do Hang some on. Luke 19.